It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! I'm starving! On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby! It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast, and it is presented by DraftKings, of course. It's the show that's so nice. We do it twice. We record on Wednesday mornings. Then we chop it up into two different episodes, a little easier, a little more digestible for you. We'll have the Thursday night game and then the Sunday early games. This week, that included the two Saturday games. That's in episode one. The Sunday late games, Sunday nighter, Monday nighter, here in episode two. I am merely the host of this show at Ross Tucker NFL, former offensive lineman, uh, you can check us out on social media. Love those of you that do. Any retweets, anything like that means a lot. At Ross Tucker Pod. You can also check out my buddy Joe Dolan. He is the analyst. He is the expert on the show. At FG underscore Dolan of FantasyPoints.com fame. Just make sure you use that code 21FEAST. The best fantasy website that I am aware of. Joe, let's dive into it. Starting with the Bears at the Seahawks, not a very exciting fantasy football matchup. Uh, no, not 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 terribly. Um, by the way, Ross, uh, the fantasypoints.com, the hat here, the hat, it got me recognized at a concert. And it was a fan. He's like, I listened to the podcast. When you dropped the two podcasts, I was like, oh, the Ross podcast. I, and I met him, took a selfie with him, sent it to you. There are fans out there, Ross, the dozens and dozens of them that watch on YouTube. Uh, it was great. It was uh, His name was Joe as well. It was nice to meet him at the concert this weekend. Anyway, uh, I wanted to talk about that because I'd rather talk about that than talk about this fantasy game. Uh, Ross, the Seattle Seahawks are utterly broken. I mean, it is – you know, there was a lot of talk in, in, in Philadelphia, in Philadelphia sports radio. We got these three first-round picks. We can go get Russell Wilson. I mean, last night – uh, we record this on Wednesday, by the way. Last night, Jalen Hurts is out there throwing darts, and Russell Wilson just can't do anything. I mean, DK Metcalf, DK Metcalf has 52 yards on 12 targets, probably the least efficient game of his entire career. You kidding me? I mean, uh, uh, Rashad Penny spent some time in the locker room. How predictable was that? After Rashad Penny has his career game, he spends some time in the locker room and he puts up 44 yards from scrimmage while DJ Dallas falters a touchdown. Mm. Uh, the Seattle t- the Seattle offense is broken. Their leading receiver was Gerald Everett. They need Tyler Lockett back. Um, let's see if he comes off the COVID list. Um, I-, I think they would expect him to against the Bears team that has a banged up secondary. But Ross, this is this is brutal out. There. It's brutal out there for the Seattle Seahawks. The Russell Wilson Pete Carroll era is over. Yeah, it certainly feels that way. What about the other side with the Bears? Um, Justin Fields throws for 285, gets the garbage time touchdown to end all garbage time touchdowns to salvage his fantasy day, throwing a 19-yarder to Horstead. He's an Ivy League guy, isn't he, uh, Ross? Princeton. Yeah. Oh, oh there you go. Horstead yeah. gets in there. Garbage time touchdown counts all the same. Um but overall, not a great performance uh, from the Bears offense. This is another team. Uh, Matt Nagy had a quote after the game um, where uh, he's like, you know, 
Justin Fields is going to be a real good one, and and he's got it all. And and it was like like, like in a Hallmark movie when um when like the 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 lead actress dumps the ex boyfriend for the hunk of the movie, and the ex boyfriend some for somehow takes it all in stride. Matt Nagy knows that he is not going to be Justin Fields' coach next year. That's what that that reminded me of. Um, Darnell Mooney. Cole Komet are the are the viable receivers here. The problem is if Allen Robinson comes off the COVID list, Darnell Mooney has averaged under 10, 10 fantasy points per game um, uh, when Allen Robinson plays. In four games without Allen Robinson, he's at 14.9 fantasy points per game. When Allen Robinson plays, 9.6 fantasy points per game, which basically makes him a low-end wide receiver three. Um, since returning in week nine, David Montgomery – is averaging basically 20 touches per game, and he's played on 81% of offensive snaps. He has eight carries inside the 10-yard line since week nine, though, and just one touchdown to show for it. He needs some more touchdown luck, but he is a true bell cow right now. Uh, The one guy in this offense who I actually trust to do something for me for fantasy. The next late game, it's Pittsburgh at Kansas City, which is fitting that we talk about Kansas City because as we record this on Wednesday – Not only do they have a bunch of COVID issues, but Travis Kelsey had the DraftKings Performance of the Week presented by Bacardi Spiced Rum. He was incredible, obviously, last Thursday night. 10 catches, 191 yards, two touchdowns on 13 targets, 44.1 total fantasy points. He was amazing. He deserved the performance of the week presented by Bacardi Spice Rum. He got it. The question now, though, Joe, is we don't know what to do with him this week. He may or may not play against the Steelers. Same with Tyreek Hill. Yeah, Kelsey and Hill both on the COVID-19 list. By the way, the Jets just put uh, – I know we talked about him on the last podcast – put Michael Carter on the COVID list. Um, So – Again, this is going to be happening in, in this final week, uh, these final couple weeks of the season. So, yeah, let's just look at Kansas City from that from that regard. Um, the one thing I will say about Kansas City is last week, uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire played on 71% of the snaps, his highest since week one. He has clearly been the better runner uh, between he and Darrell Williams, and he's starting to become a little bit more trustworthy in the backfield. Of course, they didn't run the ball nearly enough uh, or, or a whole lot. I wouldn't say enough. They won the game against the Chargers, but uh, they didn't run the ball a ton. But just keep that in mind about Edwards-Alaire's snap share, that in a game in which Patrick Mahomes threw 47 passes and threw for 410 yards, uh, Edwards-Alaire played 71% of the snaps. That's a good sign. I would advise folks not to fall too deep into the Mecole Hardman trap if Tyreek Hill doesn't play this week. He was still fourth among Chiefs wide receivers in routes run last week behind Byron Pringle, Tyreek Hill, and uh, Demarcus Robinson. So don't necessarily fall into that trap. Uh, but otherwise, everything here for Kansas City, it all comes down to availability. And unfortunately, on Thursday, we don't have that answer. The fortunate thing is, you do know that if Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill get cleared, you're putting those guys in your lineup. There's no reason to sit them. Yeah, I think that's pretty clear. What about for Pittsburgh on offense? Well, the one thing that um, I would be concerned about here, the Chiefs didn't sack uh, Justin Herbert at all, but Pittsburgh's offensive line has just been a disaster of late. Ben Roethlisberger's getting sacked. There's no holes whatsoever for Najee Harris. 
Um, for the Steelers, Deontay Johnson had his worst game of the season at an absolutely terrible time. His 11-game streak of finishing his wide receiver 25 or better was broken. Um, uh, by the way, Najee Harris played on 100% of the snaps last week. Um, they, he's out there. They just can't block for him, which is what a lot of people argued before the NFL draft. They can't block. Um, I think Kansas City getting Chris Jones back this week is going to get in the backfield and get after Ben Roethlisberger. You know, you still start your Deontay Johnson, Najee Harris, maybe um, if you survived last week. Chase Claypool, you hope, makes a big play, but the Pittsburgh offense is a really tough watch right now. They averaged 3.7 yards per play against the Titans last week. Yikes. Um, what about the Broncos at the Raiders? Well, um, fortunately, uh, Teddy Bridgewater is okay because that was a scary injury. Two, two really kind of fluky head injuries in the same week with Donald Parham and Teddy Bridgewater hitting their heads off the turf. But what a horrible um, look that was. And I'm glad Teddy Bridgewater's out of the hospital. It looks like Drew Locke is going to play. Um, here is, here's the Broncos' weekly backfield breakdown. Over the last two weeks since Melvin Gordon got back, 30 carries, six targets, and a 55% snap rate for Williams. 39 carries, one target, and a 45% snap rate for Gordon. The silver lining, Williams has run more routes than Gordon over the last two weeks. He's run 34 to 19. So Javante Williams is kind of pulling away there. So just keep that in mind. Uh, Drew Locke probably gives this team more juice down the field than Teddy Bridgewater, but he's also less accurate. Jerry Judy had a goose egg. Against um, against the Bengals last week, he's hard to start right now. Cortland Sutton, set two for twelve. I mean, I don't know how you start him right now. Even though if you think Drew Locke's going to be the better option for him, um, that's a tough one. The one thing I will say about Jerry Judy, though, the Raiders put slot corner Nate Hobbs on the COVID list. He's one of the top slot corners in the NFL. If he doesn't go, if he's unable to go, I can endorse a Jerry Judy play. But this Denver offense, this is a team that's got all the pieces in place to be an explosive offense, with the exception of the most important, that being the quarterback position. You know, speaking of the quarterback position, I got to just say, Derek Carr is good. Like, I, I, I've called a couple of his games this yeah. year. I feel like for whatever reason, Joe, he doesn't get enough credit. They had a bunch of drops. They're o- they can't run the ball lick. Their O-line's not great. I, you know, he might be 8, 9, or 10, but I think he's a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, it, he's accurate. He's he's smart. I like him. Yeah, I think – I wonder if Carr is like a be careful what you wish for kind of thing. Like, if the Raider fans are like, oh, I'm tired of him, not, you know, not going downfield, and I'm tired of the random interceptions. And I almost kind of look at it like he's Kirk Cousins who's had a little less success. We're like, you know, you, and, and I know Cousins is coming off a game where he threw for under 100 yards. I understand that. Every now and again, with the – I mean, even this year, we've seen it with Mahomes. We've seen it with Brady. We've seen it with Rodgers. Even the greats are going to crap the bed every now and again. I mean, I, I, it feels like Derek Carr just sometimes just blows up in bad spots on national television, and everybody's like, see? And it was another opportunity for him to do that. Fortunately, they got the win. But, I mean – Brian Edwards has been a guy who just, uh, I mean, he hasn't stepped up the way you want him to. Derek Carr's had to play this season. Obviously, we know what happened, the Henry Ruggs tragedy. Uh, 
But Darren Waller's been missing significant time this year, which has been a huge blow to Carr. Um, and and really, Hunter Renfro, how about that game for Hunter Renfro? I mean, he's been somebody who's been targeted like 37 times a game. He has five targets, and he catches three of them, and he fumbles twice. I, I mean, come on. Are you kidding me, Renfro? Um, the good news for, for the Raiders is Josh Jacobs is finally involved in the passing game and is setting career highs in receptions and yards per game. He's basically at four receptions and 27 yards per game, but he's averaging just 3.7 yards per carry. And, Ross, you said it. They can't run the ball a lick. They can't block. They're averaging tw- – they are 21st in yards blocked before contact for Josh Jacobs. So this is an offensive line that is struggling. And it all leans into your point about maybe Derek Carr is getting too much crap for what has been a very dysfunctional organization this year. I agree. Um, let's get to Washington at Dallas. The Cowboys offense is still not good, Joe. Uh, it's not. It's really bad right now. And I don't know what the deal is. You know, they get Tony Pollard back, and he looks pretty explosive. But, I, I mean, let's just call it like it is. Here are the stats for Dak Prescott before his calf injury and after his calf injury. And, and, and I'm not implying causation here. But the correlation is interesting enough, talking about this Cowboy offense, that it must be noted. Before his calf injury, Dak Prescott was averaging 73.2% completion rate, 115 passer rating, over 300 yards passing per game, and 22.8 fantasy points per game. Since his calf injury, he's down to 64.9 completion percentage, 6.5 yards per attempt, which is down basically two yards per attempt. He's at a very mediocre 84.9 passer rating, 255 yards per game, and 16.1 fantasy points per game. Pretty clear line of demarcation there before and after the calf injury also keep in mind Dak Prescott dealt with a shoulder injury in the preseason he is not playing very well right now uh Dallas averaged just 4.7 yards per play last week against the Giants that was actually fewer than the Giants averaged with Mike Glennon and Jake Fromm at quarterback um CeeDee Lamb had a horrible game against the Giants uh in all fairness to Dak Prescott, Lamb had nine targets. He had caught six for 50, but the three that he didn't catch were all drops. So keep that in mind. Um, I don't know what the heck's going on with Amari Cooper. Um, maybe he's still feeling some effects from COVID, but eight receiving yards. He hasn't topped 51 receiving yards since the first half of the season. Um, you're right, Ross. I mean, they got a bunch of guys that you don't feel right benching, but this is a team that has not been very good on uh on Sundays for quite some time and it, it is concerning for Washington you know they still have Gibson they still have McLaurin they should get their quarterback back yeah they should um obviously that's the big that's the big uh scenario and you know I will say this I thought on Tuesday night I thought Garrett Gilbert kind of handled himself about as well as you could possibly expect for a guy who signed with the team earlier in the week. I mean, I, I don't know how you expect a guy to be much better than that. The one thing I will you have to point out though, Antonio Gibson goes 15 carries for 26 yards. He splits carries with uh, Jarrett Patterson in that game. He's clearly not healthy. They said um, on the broadcast that it was a toe. That's something that's going to have to be monitored throughout the week. Seven catches for sixty-nine uh, for uh, uh, seven targets, six receptions for thirty-nine yards for Gibson was good, and he got in the end zone, so he had a good fantasy day against Philadelphia. But other than that, I mean, he didn't look explosive. That Eagle run defense is very good. Um, that Cowboy defense has been pretty good, and you know, 
a couple of weeks ago when these two teams played, Heineke, I mean, was awful. Heineke came out, and he was throwing hospital balls. He got um, he got his guy, Terry McLaurin, injured. Remember, he uh, threw a hospital ball, and McLaurin had a concussion. Gibson fumbled in this game against Dallas, got himself benched uh, late in that game. So um, not a great matchup for Washington across the board. There's really nobody I trust here um, for Washington, except I would probably put McLaurin in my lineup. Um uh, Gibson is, is somebody, if he plays, you have to start, but just keep an eye on his status. It is a short week, and he was banged up in that game against Philadelphia. Overcoming the odds, rewriting the playbook, delivering under pressure. The MVPs of small business lead their teams to victory all year long. Visa is proud to provide playmakers everywhere with more tools to help grow their business and help them achieve even greater success. Because the more people we can empower – the more we all win. Visa, a network working for everyone. All right, Joe. Last but not least, Monday night football. It's actually a fun game. A couple of seven and seven teams. Dolphins at the Saints. What do you got here? Well, this just goes to show you what kind of year it's been and what kind of week week 15 was that – Duke Johnson, who has long been lamented in the fantasy community as maybe the single most underutilized player of all time. And then the questions are that we ask ourselves are, this guy must be awful in practice or awful in the meeting rooms because teams, teams have traded useful picks for Duke Johnson. And teams still don't use him. He comes out of nowhere and has a career game. 22 carries. Over 100 yards, two rushing touchdowns. He had never reached 20 carries. He had never run for 100 yards. And he had never run for two touchdowns in a game. He does it all three in the same game. And it's the best game a Miami running back has had in years. You kidding me? Duke Johnson comes out. Now, I will say this. New Orleans is a very difficult team to run on. Expecting that again from Duke Johnson is probably fool's gold. But I don't know why Miami would go back to Miles Gaskin as their lead back after Duke Johnson just did something Miles Gaskin's never done. Run for 100 yards. Why would you go back to Gaskin? The Saints are a very tough team to run on, though. Um, you would think Devontae Parker on the perimeter is going to have a tough time with Marshawn Lattimore. Hopefully they get Jalen Waddle back from the COVID list. I don't think Miami matches up very well with this Saints defense, though. I'll be totally frank about that. Um, I don't think it's a great matchup for them. Duke Johnson just out of nowhere. Total microcosm of Week 15. I'm not saying don't pick him up. I'm just saying temper your expectations because New Orleans is a very difficult team to run on. And, Joe, the other side with the Saints offensively? Well, they didn't have a great game either last week against Tampa Bay. The defense just dominated. And hopefully you survived crappy games from Taysom Hill, Alvin Kamara, uh, and everybody except for Marquez Callaway all of a sudden coming out there and making plays. I guess Callaway is the receiver that Taysom Hill is going to gravitate to. If you want to play one, um, that's been a rough proposition all season long. I think um, Taysom Hill is going to have a little bit more success this week. I think Alan, Alvin Kamara is going to have a little bit more success this week. Here is the problem. Uh, and, I mean, of course, they didn't have Sean Payton. But the issue here is you knew that them getting Mark Ingram was going to say, well, we have him. We better use him. Mark Ingram 
last week against Tampa. Nine carries for 10 yards, two catches for eight. I mean, giving Mark Ingram the ball last week was was a waste of a down. Now, Kamara wasn't a whole lot better, but you just feel like maybe Kamara can get, get into a groove. I would hope that he gets more work this week against Miami. Taysom Hill's a streaming quarterback. Alvin Kamara, you got to play. If you're playing a receiver here, it's Marquez Callaway. Don't feel great about that. By the way, they put tight end Juwan Johnson on the COVID list. So keep in mind, maybe Nick Vanette is somebody you were looking to. They uh, Adam Troutman uh, came back from IR last week, caught one pass for four yards. Just keep in mind, they put a tight end on the COVID list this week. So another team that we've got to watch the COVID situation. Absolutely love hearing this man, Joe Dolan, talk football, fantasy football. That's why I am a subscriber to FantasyPoints.com. And of course, I use the code 21FEAST. And I follow Joe on Twitter at FG underscore Dolan. You can check me out as well at Ross Tucker NFL. Love those of you that follow and comment at Ross Tucker Pod. And, of course, YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. I'm stuffed. Have a very Merry Christmas. Good luck to all of you that are in your fantasy semifinals. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mentioned DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. You got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, 109WITHIT. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, doesn't always. Sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.